Father, we want to bow before you this morning. We bow before your awesomeness. We bow before your greatness. We bow before your might, power, and strength. We bow before you, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We bow before you, the one enthroned above the circle of the earth. The one who is in complete control. The one who is aware of everything. We bow before you. Lord, we bow in humility and with gratitude in our hearts for your faithfulness, your goodness, and every way in which you have watched over us and kept us during this time. We bow before you for just being so close to us, Lord, closer than we think, even closer than the mention of your name. We bow before you, Lord, and we say thank you for another day that you've given us. Thank you for another opportunity that you've given us to draw near to you, to worship you, and to hear from you as well. And we pray that you will continue to touch us and build us up and encourage us today. Father, we pray for those who will be, during this week, also going through some procedures Lord, we pray for John as he will be go, having a procedure, Lord. We pray that your, you will go before him, Lord, and that your hand will be upon him. And that, Lord, you will undertake. Lord, give the surgeons and those who will be, Lord, operating and working on him, that, Lord, give them the wisdom that they need. Won't you be the unseen hands, unseen eyes? Won't you just be active and present there during this week? We commit him to you, Lord, as he goes in tomorrow. Then, Lord Jesus, there are others who are grappling with and battling with so many difficult situations that they find themselves in. Not chosen by us, but it is there because we're living in a fallen world. And, Father, we pray for family members that we are concerned about, that we are burdened about. We pray this day that you will rescue them. You will reach out to them. Where healing is needed, won't you bring healing? In Jesus' name, thank you, Father, that you are able to bring healing and restoration. And, Father, where, Lord, we just need to be refreshed. Lord, we pray that you will just touch us and... and Move in our lives in a special way. Lord, for our children, maybe those who have become prodigals, those who, have, those who are on the run, those who have become rebellious and stubborn, those, Lord, who are Lord, on a road that is leading to destruction, this morning, Lord, we cry out to you, rescue them. Reach out to them. Lord, arrest them as you arrested the Apostle Paul on his journey to destroy other believers, Lord. On that ro road, Lord, where you just arrested him, Lord. 
and radically transform this life. Now, Lord, we pray that you will be with our family members. We pray and we cry out to you for them. Those who are hurting, those who are broken, those whose lives are shattered, this morning we pray that you will specially come alongside them and minister to them. Father, for parents that have been crying and weeping, broken before you, hear their cries this morning. Respond to them, Lord, and step in to whatever you need to step into as far as their lives are concerned. Won't you bless us, Lord? Our eyes are on you, and we bow before who you are this morning. And we bless you for your presence here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Presence of the Lord is significant, always significant. And, you know, the Lord is busy preparing us for bigger and greater things all the time. And this is not just, you know, it almost, I almost sound like some people just making blank st statements or blanket statements, but the Lord is preparing us for something bigger and greater than we could ever imagine. But we need to also be sensitive to his voice and sensitive to what his plans and purposes are for us. But this morning, we are going to focus on Psalm 92. And uh, you may be wondering why the Old Testament, but it's Palm Sunday and we're focusing on palms. And today we're going to just look at the palm tree and the significance of the palm tree. And, and we're going to extract some things from, from the palm tree and, uh, and learn today that even the palm tree ministers to us. And we maybe discover a few things about the palm tree this morning and its characteristics and so forth. And may we be blessed this morning as we focus on that. So if you are in Psalm 92, we're going to read from verses 12 and then we're going to, we're just going to extract some some uh, characteristics of the, the palm tree from there. Let's read verses 12 of Psalm 92. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green proclaiming the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. So far may God bless the reading of his precious word. There are many ways in which the Bible communicates spiritual truths to us. One of those ways that we are considering this morning in this sermon is by studying the subjects and objects of nature. God often draws our attention to one of, um, of those objects that needs to be considered in life. But uh, he always draws our attention to certain things of nature for the purpose of illustrating a spiritual truth. Today I want to draw our attention to, to the palm tree. And I don't know if you know this, but there are about 60 references of the palm tree in the Bible. Historically, 
the palm tree is called the representative tree in the land of Palestine. You know, it's, it's, it's called, the, called that by, by all the people in Jerusalem, Palestine area. It represents the nation of Israel. That's how the people view it. It is also a symbol of strength and stability to the people in Jerusalem. <clears throat> but this morning at the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ into the city of Jerusalem, just before his death, the people broke palm branches. Can you remember that? And they were waving it in front of him. They were just honoring Jesus for who he was at that stage. And you know, when the Pharisees who were opposing him, the Pharisees who were, who were totally against the Lord, when they saw this, can you remember what they said? In despair they cried out, Look how the whole world has gone after him. In John 12, verses 19. Uh, but as you know, how quickly everything changed. In just a few days, the shouts of Hosanna, and we sang Hosanna today, but the shouts of Hosanna turned into crucify him, crucify him, and crucify him they did. But they didn't realize that there was a symbolism to this. Now you will have to listen to the whole sermon to understand the symbolism. Because I'm only going to mention it in the concluding remarks here this morning. So you've got to listen right from the outset. But today we're going to focus on the palm tree. And we're going to start immediately and learn something from the palm tree. Firstly, the palm tree not only survives but flourishes in the desert, verse 12, it flourishes in the desert. It's, uh, what does it say? That the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. It speaks about the righteous now. The opposite of righteousness is wickedness. And I don't think there's anybody that is wicked here today, is there? <clears throat> yeah, but, but the opposite of righteousness is wickedness. And I don't think there's anybody like that here this morning. But the palm tree does not simply grow in the desert. It flourishes in the desert. It gets better in the desert. It gets stronger in the desert. The palm tree! It becomes more stable in the desert. The roots of the palm tree go deep below the burning sands of the desert. And it finds moisture down deep below the surface of the burning sands of the, of the desert. The Christian must go deep with God if he or she is going to flourish and grow stronger and better in the things of the Lord. I want to ask you, how deep is your relationship with the Lord this morning? How deep is your walk with the Lord this morning? How deep is your commitment to him this morning? How deep is your devotion to him this morning? Many Christians are not flourishing because they are seeking nourishment on the surface. They seek fulfillment on the surface. But I want to say this right from the outset. You can serve the Lord on the surface. But 
my brother and my sister, I'm going to say in Afrikaans, you're missing out on something, something amazing. Let's not be surface Christians, but let's go deeper. There are many professing Christians who live near the surface, and I just want to mention this as characteristics of someone living near the surface. You know, their feelings are easily hurt, and a little persecution discourages them. They cannot stand a long season of opposition and a long season of, 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 of waiting and, and battles. But I want to say this about the palm tree. You may hack, they say. And I, this is not my own words. I've read it somewhere. You may hack. I wish it was, but it's not. You may peel, but then this is mine now. And cut all around the palm tree. And it continues to live. How do you like that? It continues to stay alive. It continues to stand tall and upright. Eh, palm tree, eh? It's amazing, eh? What we can learn and what we are able to learn from the palm tree. <clears throat> That's the same with us as Christians as well, eh? When we are anchored in the Lord, you can slander and cut their reputations to pieces. That's the children of the Lord. With cruel tongues, still, they will have unbroken fellowship with God. They will have unbroken fellowship with you. And you cannot understand it. I'm doing so much harm to this person. But this person is still joyful. This person is still victorious. That's what it's all about. Let's learn from the palm tree, brothers and sisters, to keep on growing and keep on standing tall and keep on standing standing firm. God's plan is to so fill us with his divine grace that we will flourish and grow right in the midst of challenging circumstances and hostile environments. Are you still growing in challenging circumstances and hostile environments? You know, the workplace could be a hostile environment. The family could be a hostile environment. There could be challenges that you are dealing with. But are you still growing despite that here this morning? You know, the thing is this about Christians. When you think of a, a Christian, people, their testimony would be, despite the hostile environments, despite the challenging places that they find themselves in, people will say about you, they will grow anywhere. They will bloom wherever they are planted. Not, they can't say that about every one of us. But are you able to grow in any circumstances? Are you able to still remain focused on the Lord despite what is happening all around you and even in your own life? Now maybe here this morning, some of you are familiar with the word bonsai. I'm sure the, the, the young people, I don't, do you know? Oh, the young people also are, are also shaking their heads. So I didn't know that they're also aware of the word bonsai. My goodness, that's great. But bonsai are trees that are deliberately kept small. You know that, huh? 
They are not allowed to grow. But of course you have to do all kinds of things to keep bonsai small. Especially a tree, it's meant to grow, now you're keeping it small. They are not like that naturally. So as a Christian you are not meant, listen to this, you are not meant to be a spiritual bonsai. Did you hear that? No, you are meant to flourish and grow throughout your Christian life. Your faith, your spiritual insight and discernment should increase. Your love and compassion for other people should grow richer and deeper on a daily basis. Your relationship with God should become more intense. It should become better and better all the time. Brothers and sisters, we must go deeper in our walk with the Lord. We must go deeper into the word of God in these days. We need to go deeper in prayer in these days and pray like we've never prayed before. We need to go deeper into the fullness of knowing Christ. The roots of the palm tree go deep. How about you and I this morning? But secondly, hey, we already had a second point. That was quickly, eh? <laughs> the older the palm tree, the sweeter the fruit. How do you like that? Verse 14, the older the palm tree, the sweeter the fruit. It's right there in Scripture. Although I'm topical here this morning, it's amazing that this is right here in the Bible. Eh? They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. How do you like that? As a palm tree grows older, its fruit grows sweeter. I ask you, as we mature in the Lord, we grow sweeter and sweeter. No matter what we are going through, we grow sweeter and sweeter. As Christians grow older, they should grow sweeter. They say the older trees with scars in their trunks produce the sweetest fruit. Maybe there's a scar there, but you know what? You can produce something sweet by coming alongside someone else who's going through a similar experience and mentoring them and encouraging them. <clears throat> now if a tree is fresh and green, it doesn't matter how old it is. Isn't it true? It is still very much alive. And I think of that palm tree, it's always green. Whenever you look at a palm tree, you always see it's green. And I, whether there's drought or so, sometimes in the, you know, there's still, it's still, you see a palm tree, there's something that is green about it. The word translated here, though, fresh, you know, that's a word there. It literally means healthy. I'm sure you have it on your notes there. I want to ask you this morning, are you a healthy or an unhealthy Christian today? What are you this morning? Are you healthy or are you unhealthy as a child of the Lord? And a tree that is healthy will also be green. And then, of course, one of the things a healthy green tree does is to bear fruit, even in old age. Are you still bearing fruit, child of God? They say date palms that are 100 years old 
can still produce dates. Did you hear that? 100 years old and they can still produce dates. So no matter what age you are, you can still produce fruit. Brothers and sisters, you can still produce fruit. Do you see the promise being fulfilled in your life? Of you bearing fruit and producing fruit? Are you continuing to bear fruit? Are you still fresh and green with spiritual life this morning? You can be bearing fruit through the things that you say to people. Hear that? You can be bearing fruit through the things you say to people. Through kind and encouraging words, you can be bearing fruit. You can be bearing fruit through the prayers you pray for others and your family. Your prayers protect and sustain and empower them. You see, the palm tree is an evergreen. The evergreen is a symbol. You probably have it on your notes. The evergreen is a symbol of immortality. Ooh, did you hear that? I want to say this. Your legacy and my legacy should be immortal. It should live on and on and on and on and on. Whether we are here or not, someday it should live on and on and on. If you are a symbol of immortality, there is an eternal freshness in your inward being as you bear fruit. How blessed and refreshing to meet those who have not lost their freshness in the Lord, regardless of their age. Everything they say seems to grip and bless us. And they're such a blessing to us. They inspire us. <clears throat> yeah. A child of God that does not stay sweet in all circumstances is a contradiction. A child of God who does not stay sweet. And now you say, hey, but Alan, how can I always be sweet? Look at what I'm going through. Hey, what I'm going through is painful. It's a battle. Now, I, I ask you, have you not chosen not to be sweet? You've chosen that. Now, I'm going to do it my way. And my way is just feeling sorry for myself. I'm not seeing it from God's perspective. But we can remain sweet. And I, you know, the, the people that have always been a challenge to me have been those people that no matter what they are facing and dealing with, they are still so sweet. They are so, still so encouraging <clears throat> um, stories told about John Wesley's mother one of her children asked her several times for the same privilege and the child was denied with a no the child asked again and again the answer was always no the patient mother responded, no, 20 times. And the last time was in the same sweet tone of voice as the first. <laughs> oh, that's a challenge to me as well. <laughs> but the point we are trying to make here is that the mother stayed sweet. Oh the time and we are not surprised 
that such a mother gave to the world two of the greatest preachers ever known, John and Charles Wesley. It's your sweetness. It's the beauty of what Christ has accomplished in your life that makes a difference in the lives of others. Remain sweet, brothers and sisters, regardless of what is happening. And I'm challenging myself as well. Just as I'm challenging you, I'm challenging myself. Let's remain sweet, regardless of where we find ourselves at this time. But thirdly, the palm tree can withstand any storm. Verse 15, eh? Proclaiming the Lord is upright. The palm tree remains upright, although it will be, you know, I will explain it now to you, although so many things happen during a storm, the palm tree remains upright. When the storms come, the palm tree can bend quite a lot, even to the point of being horizontal to the ground. But they don't break. Did you hear that? They don't break. They, the, the storms would bend them, but they don't break. During the storm, you might look at the palm tree flattened against the ground and think, hey, it's over. This palm tree is not going to last. But when the storm dies down, the palm tree is able to stand upright again. Upright again. Did you hear that? Upright again. Also, scientists have found when the storm is over and the palm tree stands upright again, the palm tree is actually stronger than it was before the storm. Did you hear that? Stronger than it was before the storm. Now, that excites me because it makes me realize that I can be stronger. No matter what I'm going through, I can be stronger as I face that storm and I get, as I get through that storm. It comes back from the storm better and stronger than ever. Sometimes the storms are impossible to avoid, isn't it true? Sometimes the storms are difficult to explain. But God made us like the palm tree, able to withstand even the most difficult storms, even the ones we think we cannot withstand. If you are alive this morning, it means that the Lord isn't done with you yet. Did you hear that? And when the storm is over, we are able to recover them and stand upright again, even stronger than before. He's not finished with you yet. So no matter what the storm has done, you will be able to recover and stand upright again and even stronger than before. Palm trees flourish in extremely Hot climates. Simply stated, we need to learn how to take the heat when life gets difficult. Sometimes, hey, the heat is on. But brothers and sisters, let's learn to take the heat when, when the heat is on. <clears throat> Remember Jeremiah in Jeremiah 12, verses 5? Uh, before that, the, the verses before verses 5 in Jeremiah 12 is a... Uh, Jeremiah comes before the Lord and Jeremiah says to the Lord, Lord, I've been preaching to these people. I've been broken as I, as I preached to them. But the people are not listening. I'm just paraphrasing now. They're not listening. And the Lord answers in him, Jeremiah chapter 5, If you have run with men on foot, 
and they have tired you or worn you out, then how can you compete with horses? God was basically saying, if you are, and I'm using a, this, what people would say today when, when things are happening in their lives. The Lord is saying, if you are, well, let me just get it, I want to say it the right way here this morning. The Lord was basically saying, if you are freaking out right now with these present challenges, are you freaking out? How are you going to be able to handle the pressure of where I'm taking you? How are you going to be able to handle the pressure of where I am taking you? The problem when facing storms is we tend to gaze at our circumstances and we glance at our God. Isn't it true? When we should gaze at our God and glance at our circumstances and say, you are not going to have the better of me. I'm pulling through, I'm pushing through, I'm pressing through. This is not going to get to me. We need to learn to focus less on the problem and more on the problem solver. Isn't that true? Now, can, can you remember Luke chapter 8, verses 24 onwards, maybe 23? The disciples were in a storm. Jesus was at the bottom of that boat or ship, whatever they call it. He was at the bottom of it. And uh, sleeping. Jesus is sleeping. There's a storm raging out there. And the disciples are panicking. Saying, my goodness, hey, we're not going to make it. The storm is worse than what we expected. This is, we've never been in a storm like this before. And they go and they wake Jesus up. Shake him. Shake him and, and wake him up. And, and, they, and, and they, they ask the Lord Jesus Christ, don't you care? That we are now, the King James Version said that we are perishing. Don't you care? That we are perishing. And Jesus, Jesus just wakes up. Looks at them. Looks at the storm and everything around. And Jesus, Jesus speaks to the storm. <laughs> Silences the storm. Speaks peace into the storm and everything is quiet and now the disciples are saying remember in King James they said what manner of man is this other versions would say what kind of man is this and Ivy would say who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him hey even the winds and the waves obey him. They were saying, the way he intervened was unreal. It's not human. Now let me ask you something. If God can control the winds and the waves, don't you think he can control your storm this morning? If he can alter the very laws of nature, don't you think? He can help you with your problems and your issues and your battles and your struggles. There is no storm too big for God to handle. Do you believe that this morning? I don't know what storm you are in this morning. But whatever that storm is, no matter how it is raging, 
there is no storm too big for King Jesus. He is able to deal with every storm in your life and my life. He is able to take control of anything that you and I face. Yes, palm trees can withstand any storm. Are you withstanding your storm this morning? Are you still growing and developing despite the storms that are there? But then fourthly, the palm tree is noted for its beauty. Do you think a palm tree is beautiful? Anybody here? Okay, everybody's saying yes. Well, thank you for that response. It has a green flourishing top the whole year around. Now as it basks in the sunlight, it is beautiful to behold. The beauty of the children of God is evident in, often in their Christ-like manner. Their winning vocabulary, or should I say winning vocabulary, their winning attitude. You know, the, the children of God, they possess a power that would draw others toward them. In fact, draw others toward Christ as well. But the thing that stands out about them is that they have a heavenly influence on others. I want to ask you this morning, does the beauty of the Lord in your life have a heavenly influence on others? Have a heavenly influence. Oh Lord, I'd rather let, uh, 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 let my life have a heavenly influence than anything else. A heavenly influence wherever you go. And people say that. You go home and people say it's like heaven when you are out. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm exaggerating it, but that's what we're talking about here. People must feel this heavenly influence when you are there. You know, we, let's never underestimate the, what the Lord is able to use in our lives. And the beautiful things that he has accomplished, he wants to have a heavenly influence on others. There is a beauty that belongs to the followers of Christ and it stands out. They don't have to say a word. Their radiance and their glow stands out. You see, the Lord beautifies us so that we will be so attractive and we manifest not only a heavenly influence, but we manifest a heavenly charm. Whew. When last have you manifested a heavenly charm? A joyful charm, a peaceful charm that only comes from the Lord. Heavenly charm. As others take note of your amazing transformation. Remember Peter? Was it Peter and John? Well, you know, uh, when the authorities were questioning them in, in Acts chapter 4, and they, they, they looked at them and they realized that these were unschooled, ordinary men, the Bible says. But then the last part says, they took note that these men have been with Jesus. Are they taking note? It's, I think it's verse 13 of Acts chapter 4. 
Note that these men had been with Jesus. Are they taking note that you have been with Jesus lately? How she palm trees grow better in families than alone also. In their beauty, palm trees grow, you know, they grow better in families than alone. They say a group of palm trees forms an oasis. Did you hear that? A group of palm trees forms an oasis. Now I want to say this to us as brothers and sisters. Let's stay together and let's stand together. As a church, let's stay together. Let's stand together. The oasis provides shade for the weary traveler in the desert. Stay together, Christians. Often in the desert you will find fruit trees growing beneath the shade of the palms. Grouped together. Grouped together, fruit is growing. When we group ourselves together as the body of Christ, we provide shade for who? For those weaker, even than ourselves. Are you providing shade? For your fellow brother and sister here this morning. This is why Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, it, it is so important here, not forsaking the assembling together of ourselves. Let's, let's always be together. Let's stand together. Let's, let's not only stand together, but let's stay together. Let's serve him together. Let's give our all to him together here this morning and with all these amazing things we're coming to our conclusion now palm, uh, about palm trees it's no wonder that palm branches were used to symbolize victory in the Bible did you hear that palm branches were used to symbolize victory in the Bible for example when an army would return home from a battle Palm branches would be waved to celebrate the victory. But as far, but a far greater rather symbolic waving of palm branches occurred when Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Not fully aware of the symbolic significance of what they were doing. The people were waving palm branches in advance. Did you hear that? In advance of Jesus' victory over death, sin, and the enemy. They were not even aware of it. But in advance they were waving those palm branches. Um, He died on the cross and rose again from the grave. Palm branches ought to remind us that as long as we have Christ, we already have the victory. As long as we have Christ, we already have the victory. Gethsemane is a reminder of the Lord having victory over the flesh. I mentioned that sometime during one of my sermons here. But Gethsemane reveals Christ having victory over the flesh. Not my will, but your will be done. My soul is exceeding sorrowful. Not my will, but your will be done. Are you having victory over the flesh this morning? Gabbatha. You can go to John 19 verse 30. If you think of Gethsemane, it's Matthew 26, 38. For those taking notes, Gabbatha, John 19, it's, remen- it's mentioned there, John 19 verse 13. 
It's Jesus having victory over the world. You know, when he stood before Pilate, and Pilate could not find any basis for crucifying him. Jesus was having victory over the world. I want to ask you this morning, are you following the standards of the world? Or are you following the standards of the Lord? Golgotha, when we think of that John 19 verse 17, also in John 19 there, Jesus had victory over the devil. Hey, it's amazing, eh? victory over the, the devil at Calvary. He had victory over the devil. When Jesus cried out, it is finished. He was declaring victory over the enemy and over the devil. Not only the devil, but all the hordes of demons operating on behalf of the devil. Jesus declared victory. Jesus had victory. You're having victory this morning. The grave, if we go further, was not, you know, was Jesus having victory over death. Not even death could keep him. And they placed him in a tomb there. Uh, you know, in John chapter 19, verse 38 to 42, they, they placed him in a borrowed tomb. It's a, a, and they sealed this Judean tomb. But Jesus stepped out of that tomb with the wounds of Calvary still evident. He stepped out of the tomb. Not even the wounds of Calvary could hold him back for you and I this morning because of his love for us because we were so valuable and important to him and he kept his promises victory over death now you may have reached a dead end in your life this morning you may have come to the place where you you are saying it is hopeless but this morning the risen Christ is able to resurrect hope, new hope, new confidence in your life and mine. No dead end is an impossibility to Jesus. And I think of Jesus, you know, the Bible says that even further in Matthew 28, 1 to 6, it speaks about how Jesus, where Jesus reaches down and he just shakes the earth. As if to say, I'm in control here. I'm alive here. I'm coming towards you and I'm stepping towards you. In your brokenness, I'm stepping towards you. In whatever you are facing, your failures, I'm stepping towards you. I'm walking towards you. I'm coming towards you. I'm taking over in your life. And it was this Jesus who took everything upon himself and paid it all, who is now risen Lord and Savior, ready to take us to where we need to be at this point in time. In Afrikaans, they say, flate, flate, mysterious aid. Sermon is over, but the risen Christ is available to us here this morning. Let's learn some lessons from the palm tree. Let's flourish no matter what. Let's grow no matter what. Let's remain sweet no matter what. Let's grow stronger despite the storms. 
Let's remain that beautiful testimony for Jesus. Let's make a difference wherever we go. Amen. Amen. Thank you.